0: If you look at some of the leading causes of death, at least in the US, you're looking at cardiorespiratory related things or um, cancer um, as some of their leading causes of death. And if we can address these, some of these factors of getting steps in, of weight training, of improving your cardiovascular fitness, then you're reducing your resting heart rate, then you are improving, you're decreasing your chances of getting some of these cardiovascular-related diseases and overall going to extend your life lifespan if you're able to dial these in and get healthier, and build healthier habits now. So um, if you're just looking at long-term and what's causing people to die, relatively sooner it's a lot of cardiovascular and cancer-related things and exercise and fitness can help reduce those chances reduce those risk factors and help you live longer welcome to the key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health wealth lifestyle and overall growth tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the key and Mang audio experience
1: this episode is brought to you by varela financial the experts in student loan repayment solutions. Not sure what to do with your student loans? That's how we felt before scheduling the free call with Varela Financial, where they helped us create plans based on our lifestyle and goals.
0: For more information, check them out at www.verelafinancial.com or click the link in the description to schedule your free call today. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang audio experience. I'm your host, Mang, as always, and my fellow co host, Key. Key, what's good? What's
1: up, Mang? How are you?
0: I'm good. Can't complain. How are you?
1: I'm good. Can't complain either.
0: I love it. And now that we're coming across holiday time, I think this is an appropriate time to ask this question. I've been seeing a lot more like with Christmas coming up, I've been seeing a lot more like debates about what's the best Christmas movie. And I think there's only one answer, Home Alone. Um, But there's been a couple, I think there's like three or four home alones, but we're just gonna go between the first two. If you can only pick one home alone to watch, Home Alone One versus Home Alone Two, what are you rolling with and why?
1: I'm gonna do Lost in New York. Um, I think I just like that movie a lot a lot better because I think he got to explore the city. That was pretty cool. Um, and I do like the the sticky bandits. So I don't know. I just I just gravitated towards that movie more. Like I always watch Home Alone two over and over and over again. Home Alone, the first one, I watched a couple times, but I wasn't too crazy about it. So
0: yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people vote Home Alone one as their all time favorite Christmas movie, but I am going to agree with you and Home Alone two for me. I think the when they get to the abandoned house and The tricks that he that he lays out for the sticky bandits are, I think, are top tier, way better than the Home Alone one. Um, And so I think getting to explore the city a little bit um, is his deviousness is at a whole other level (laughs) for Home Alone 2. So I I just for that, I I take Home Alone 2 over Home Alone 1.
1: Yeah, they're both good movies, but definitely the second one.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. And with it being Christmas time, that means that another year has come to an end and we're about to embark on another year coming up and super grateful to be able to see another year pass by. And I think, you know, at the beginning of the year, you see a lot of people talking about their New Year's resolutions and it's to improve their fitness, lose weight, get stronger. And you see a big push to get gym memberships and things like that. But um, I think it's also a time to, look at some of your health metrics and some of your data to see where you're starting at and then have it as a way to track over time to see if you're trending in a certain direction and what changes you might need to make after you go a period of time. So I think this is something you preach on a lot about you can't expect results in a week or two when you're starting your fitness journey or you're in your fitness journey. You gotta go six months, a year to see like some real meaningful change. So on today's episode, we're gonna drop... um. A couple, a little bit about some of the health factors that we're looking at, and some things that we use with our fitness trackers. Um, <laughs> um, we're gonna do. Uh, I have an Apple Watch. You have Whoop and Apple Watch. Um, some people have the Aura Ring, and they're able to track metrics. So, um, for you, Key, what are some of the things that you're that you're looking at with um, some of your metrics?
1: Uh, the Whoop scares me because it's basically telling me that i'm really not in good shape and i'm on the verge of dying every day but i am looking at my sleep performance i crush my sleep performance um hrv don't want to talk about that resting heart rate uh it doesn't count steps so i'm not looking at it on looking at my steps on the whoop i look at that on my um apple watch Um, And then I'm also looking at recovery, which I don't think we had on our list, but I do look at recovery as well. Those are the main ones that I look at on the Whoop. I don't really pay too much attention to my Apple Watch metrics until um, I kind of want to compare or look back on a couple months or the year like we're doing now.
0: So we'll start with HRV. Can you break down what HRV is and what it's it's looking at, what it's tracking?
1: So HRV stands for heart rate variability, and it's basically a measurement of the variation in time between um, heartbeats, and this indicates better overall fitness, and it's really a metric that is individual to the person. So this can be impacted by how old you are, your gender, your lifestyle, habits, um, and your fitness level, obviously. Um, and if you're starting to track your HRV, you really want to look for where you're starting at and whether or not over time that number is trending upward or downward. Because if you if it's trending upward, that's indicating um, that you're improving in overall fitness and health. And if it's trending downward, um, it may be due to overtraining, not getting enough sleep or recovery, stress, um, drinking, so my HRV, when I first got my whoop, I don't even know what this metric was. No lie. My HRV was like a 12. Like it was something very low. <laughs> it was crazy. And then my coworkers, my coworkers have No lie. My coworkers have whoop. And I saw like I did always talk about HRV. i like, oh, I went out um, to a wedding this weekend. and Like my HRV dropped to like 50. And um, I'm like, I wonder what that, like mine, what mine would be. So I get my whoop and my HRV is like in hell, basically. <laughs> so, but now my, my HRV over the last six months is 43 and that's literally still not good. But I realized that I kind of know the trends I'm, I'm going to see. Like if I don't get enough sleep, if I have a couple of drinks, my HRV is even lower than what it is now. And something it can be a little confusing because sometimes like I'll have a good workout week and be really good with my habits and then my HRV will do the opposite of what I expect. So I'm still trying to learn exactly what impacts it. But I do think checking it over time is helpful for seeing your um, overall improvements.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, 12 is 12 is something. 12 is something. I'm glad glad, glad you got that up. (laughs) Um, but honestly I didn't know what h hrv was um, I I saw it on Twitter people talking about they're trying to improve their hrV and it's like what is hrV and then I was I would look into it and I see it's like all right you're looking at your heart's ability to be variable in different situations. So if you're running a marathon, you want it to beat faster, to be more efficient, to get more blood throughout your body so you can maintain. But if you're chilling, you want it a little lower and not to beat as often because you're not using as much energy. So I was like, okay, interesting, interesting to metric to look at. Um, At the beginning of the year when I started, it was at a, when I looked at it, it was at a 52. And this is all off my Apple watch. I don't have a whoop. So, um. Then, uh, my six month average is 73 and my month last over last month, 72. Um, and it was interesting because I saw the biggest jump in my HRV after I hurt my knee back in June when I first moved here. And I think that I attribute that to doing a little more cardio during that time. Um, hurt, didn't, wasn't really like strength training that much, but I could pedal the bike. I could get on the rower. I could get on the Versa climber, So I was incorporating those. And I'm not a big cardio guy. I don't really like it, but I was tired of getting gas on the course. So I forced myself to do it. And, you know, I I think it's cool to see just over the course of the time, like seeing how the trends change. And if you're going up or down, it's one metric, but it's cool to see how different factors or different Variables can affect your overall health, so um, that's my that's my HRV.
1: You want to talk about uh, resting heart rate?
0: Yeah, I got you. So resting heart rate, we're just looking at the average um, beats in a minute that your heart is pumping throughout the body. And you hear about the range of sixty to one hundred, but basically, the lower your resting heart rate is, like when you're chilling or not doing much, that means you're body is able to, your heart's able to get blood out to your body at a much more efficient rate. So if your resting heart rate is higher, then that means your body, your heart is pumping out, having to pump out more blood to keep you keep you standing. So um, it's just looking at um, how efficient your heart is when you're chilling. And obviously as you do more, your heart rate is going to increase. So um, as you increase your activity, then if you can get hard out your blood out more efficiently, then you're not going to have to work as hard, it can last a little longer, don't get as tired as quick. So another good metric to look at. Um, over the last six months, I've been at a consistent 52 beats per minute over the last um six months. Um, This one, I, I don't know. Typically, this mine is pretty lower, but it's interesting because my blood pressure in the past has been kind of high, but my heart rate resting heart rate has been low so that's an interesting thing but over the last six months uh, 52 beats per minute on average for me
1: uh for me i am a lot higher than so i'm at 69 and that's interesting you say that about the blood pressure because my blood pressure runs low but my heart rate is clearly on the higher side so i don't really know i do know that same same with hrv i've been realizing that Um, The better choices I make lifestyle-wise, the better my heart rate is weekly. So that's just showing that, um, yes, we have these metrics, but if you go based off of the things that kind of make you feel healthy, feel good, um, and do those over time, you can see um, improvements in these numbers.
0: Facts. Talk to us about steps.
1: Steps. So everybody's like, get 10K steps in a day, and... Um, Yes, the more steps you get in, the better, the more movement you get in, the better. But there's actually um, a point of diminishing returns. Usually you want to get more than at least at least seven and a half, 7,500 steps a day, like 7,500. And if you start to go um, past that, you're not going to see huge benefits um, compared to. Um, somebody that may have been going from only like 2,000 steps a day to um, 10,000 steps a day. So just increasing your general movement is the idea with the steps. 10K was just really a marketing um, phrase that they use when they did research on it. And it kind of um, sounded good, but 10K is definitely not the goal. You want to aim for at least 7,500. Um, and I think that with some of the trackers, I think it's hard to just rely solely on on steps because there's a lot of different activities that don't necessarily increase your step count, but can still contribute to your overall well being. And I think when people start to focus so much on the steps, they end up leaving other health benefits on the table. Because I'd rather somebody be lifting at least two or three times a week as opposed to focusing on getting 10k steps. Like I think that you have to. Really see the bigger picture and not just focus on 10k steps, if that makes sense.
0: For sure, being able to get both and not skew towards one or the other, but getting both is going to help your overall overall fitness. Overall fitness. Um, I agree with everything you said. My step count is could improve, I guess, if we're talking about an average of 7,500. I'm at 6,000 right now um, over the last six months, and I attribute that to over the weekend. Um, I just be kind of be chilling and resetting. <laughs> and then during the week, I'm getting my steps in. but I think also being here, I'm outside more in the winter time versus back in Alaska. I'm not going outside unless it's like to shovel or get outside to go to work, whatever, but here walking outside getting some sun in in the morning. so um I anticipate the trends to, for this to improve over over the course of the year.
1: Yes, it's funny that you say that because I, I'm at um seventy five hundred, but I think that in the winter time when it's cold, I'm not going outside as much. I'm not going on runs. I'm not walking. Um, so I would be curious to see like my step count, even all these other metrics during the winter season when I'm not outside as much.
0: Yeah, I think it
1: just makes- just. It makes a huge difference.
0: It makes a huge difference. One thousand (laughs) percent. The weather. (laughs) Who wants to be outside? That's why I think.
1: Yeah, who who does? I think people who have who live in nice weather have like better quality of life.
0: Oh, agreed, One thousand percent. One thousand percent. You don't have to go outside and shovel and start your car 30 minutes early. You can get an extra, some extra sleep in. Enjoy some breakfast. Make sure you're (laughs) replenished and ready to go for the morning versus going outside you mad that it's cold your eyelashes might you know your hands are cold your feet are cold you got to (laughs) go sit in your car and sometimes your car don't start so you stuck outside even longer trying to fix things like yeah quality of life goes up when you don't got to worry about snow
1: yeah i agree talk to us about vo2 max and while you're doing that i'm going to find my average
0: (laughs) all right so vo2 max we're looking at the Max amount of oxygen your body consumes during exercise. And typically a higher number represents higher or better cardiorespiratory fitness. So with this at work, at my job, at my location, part of our new member assessment is we put everyone on a three-minute VO2 max test. And we're just looking at power output on the Watt bike. And it's a three-minute test and you're trying to pedal within a certain um. Uh, a certain rate, and then based after that three minutes, you take your power, exp- average power expenditure, and then you get a number, and that's your VO2 max, and indicating, giving you an estimate of your cardiorespiratory fitness. So, as you are younger, typically these numbers are higher, and then as you get older, they tend to trend down. Um, depending on what you do for activity, like if you're a marathoner or a cyclist, and have to do things for a long period of time typically these numbers should be higher because you want to be able to feel your body for a long period of time as you are enduring these longer duration events. Um, for people who are like sprinters or things like that, they're really good at producing energy quickly and fast. But for people who do longer duration stuff, these should be higher just to help keep your body fresh and for the, in the fourth quarter or in the, at the end of your, towards the end of your event. So on my, uh, six month VO or my last VO2 max 42.6. 2.6, um, they call that below average for my age range, but I, um, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that, but you know, it's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think VO2 max is another thing to, to look at just in terms of heart health and heart fitness. And as your activity levels increases. How efficiently can you get blood to your body, oxygen to your to your muscles, and keep you doing the thing that you need to do?
1: Yeah, very well explained. Mine is below average as well, um, at thirty seven. Um, I I don't have time to do this right now, but I would be curious to see like what my VO two max was like when I was actually like playing ball and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I. I I would assume I was in a lot better. Well, I was in a lot better aerobic condition back then,
0: for sure. When I did the, I did this back in high and college. My one year playing at UAF, they put me on the the Bruce treadmill test, and they had me hooked up to the oxygen, like the the mask, and seeing what I'm breathing out and all that stuff. Uh, no, it wasn't the treadmill. It was on the bike as well, um, and I got a fifty on that. And I was feel that was probably when I was at like my peak like conditioning wise. Um, so it's, um, it's, I think it's all variable to, to what you're training for and where you're at in your current stage. I'm sure when you were hooping, it probably a lot higher too.
1: Yeah. Um, also I want to, I want to say that when somebody is just starting, I feel like looking at these, metrics, you may feel like they're out of whack, but just getting more movement in general is going to help these exercise, I mean, help these metrics go up. And then as you become a bit more experienced, um, you may have to tailor your training and your exercise to be more specific to the exact metric you're trying to improve. But um, the goal should just be getting in more movement um, and doing things you like so that um, you can just feel better overall.
0: Yeah, and uh, my last thing I'll add to this is, if you look at some of the leading causes of death, at least in the US, you're looking at cardiorespiratory related things or um, cancer um, as some of their leading causes of death. And if we can address these, some of these factors of getting steps in, of weight training, of improving your cardiovascular fitness, then you reducing your resting heart rate, then you are improving. You're decreasing your chances of getting some of these cardiovascular related diseases, and overall, going to extend your life lifespan if you're able to dial these in and get healthier and build healthier habits now. So, um, if you're just looking at long term and what's causing people to die relatively sooner. It's a lot of cardiovascular and cancer related things and exercise and fitness can help reduce those chances, reduce those risk factors and help you live in longer. So that's where I'm going to end it. Um, Don't look at these as a one, like I have to improve my resting heart rate and that's going to improve my my health. Look at the whole picture. It's not just one metric. It's a whole thing over a period of time and just make sure that you're trending in the right way. And on that, we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.
1: Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Mang Audio Experience. Make sure to subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode.